Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 119. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smith, and I'm recording this on November 20th, 2023. Um, had a busy year here. Just wrapped up our field school season with the Autumn Woodsman a week ago and have spent the last few days cleaning up, putting things away, and getting ready for winter. Uh, we always have a pretty significant snowfall around here and anything that's kind of left out laying around disappears and hopefully you can find it again in the spring. So was happy to get everything put away, get all the camp buildings and sheds all buckled down for the winter and now I guess we're ready so uh, yeah kind of bring it on mother nature. Um, so now that we're done with sort of the field school for the year and all of the chores, getting everything set, now it's time to try to catch up on all the internet-based stuff. Get the podcast going again, shoot some video, and just be in touch with, with kind of uh, the people out there that pay attention to us. So the thing I want to talk to you about today is to just touch base about the 2023 season and the experiments that we ran this year. Uh, I always like to tell the story or describe it as such that I started the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999 right when I finished my graduate degree in education and have been at it full time ever since. So, you know, since starting that, I've basically been running an educational laboratory and every year we try some new things and we're always trying to see, hey, what worked really well and and what didn't. So this morning, I just want to touch base on on that so the first experiment that we ran in 2023 the expedition instructor program or the xi program now we've had this thing for a number of years all of the staff that ends up working with us have successfully completed it but this was the first year where we tried to tie it all together where it was uh, such that someone could come out here and spend six consecutive months in residence at the field school going through a variety of programs and end up with that XI certification. So what it entails is a number of phases. Uh, phase one, a successfully complete the nine-week wilderness bushcraft semester and get a journeyman certification. Phase two, successfully complete the four-week wilderness canoe expedition semester and get the Engage Level 1 and Level 2. Section 3, complete the Primitive Wilderness Living Practicum. And Section 4, 
what we had been calling be a TA, but I think in 2024, we're going to change this wording around a little bit and call it a, a journeyman level two certification, which is where they come and help out on a course and really learn the back end of what it's like to run programs, to be guiding trips, to be doing all the planning, the lesson planning, and kind of all the back end stuff. And we created it to give people a leg up who wanted to enter the industry and, uh, be successful at it. So, you know, how did it work? Well, we started with the idea that we would take six people for this specific program and it didn't work out great. We ended with one, one person successfully completed it. So what we had was people who, you know, there were a lot of physical injuries going on. There were some people who kind of lost, lost interest over time. And there were people that realized, hey, maybe they just couldn't physically hack it. So it's a bit of a grind living at the field school, especially this year. We started with the four week canoe expedition and it was cold and it was windy and Mother Nature was not super uh accommodating to us uh <laughs> she wanted us to to not be successful there's one memory that comes to mind i think it was the the first week of the course uh we had been in canoes only like one day so far because it was so cold and snowy that first week in may and we were trying to paddle the seven miles from the field school down to ashland just to get some miles under our belt to kind of get the canoe strokes to come together for people and you know, we put on the water, I don't know, at 9 a.m. And, you know, by 9.30, it was blowing 35, 40 miles an hour out of the north, which is a direct headwind. So, like, if, if even though it was super high water spring and, you know, the current was ripping, if you weren't paddling as hard as you could, you were getting blown back upstream. So, <laughs> we had a lot of instances like that, which just made it hard. So that was an interesting experiment with the expedition instructor trying to do it like that. And I think we're going to try it one more time. We're going to try it again for 2024 because maybe this year was a fluke. Maybe it just didn't work out for the people involved. But, you know, we're going to give it one more shot and, and see, you know, because why not? But it does take a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy to put something together like that, where, you know, the people don't have a break, both on the student side, which I already commented on, but also on the instructor side. So I guess our point, my point is that if we're not going to have people complete this thing, it might be easier from a scheduling perspective to build in more breaks into the field school season, um, both for students and for instructors. So... The second uh, experiment that we ran this year is moving the canoe expedition semester back to May. So the wilderness canoe expedition semester is our four-week uh, guide training course where we take people out and basically live in out of canoes, covering a lot of miles and uh, learning all the skills and associated skills with canoeing and living on wild rivers and uh, living with the big blue sky as your ceiling. So it was a it was a really interesting year. We had certain plans that we had planned and and these things always go awry because it's really hard to plan for those things because everything is dependent on number 1 what we accomplished today is going to have a huge impact on what we do tomorrow and number 2 the water levels on the various rivers you know, we, we make a plan. So, for example, this past year we had planned to canoe the St. John River in mid-May. 
but the St. John River is notorious because there are no headwater lakes. It's notorious for having a ton of water in it, and then three days later, it's uh, almost bone dry. And that definitely happened this year. I know a couple of other other uh, main guide services had to change their plans. They had the St. John River trips on the uh, schedule, and they ended up doing Allagash trips just because the water level dropped so fast this year. You know, we again, uh, typical for northern Maine, we had a ton of snow, and then, you know, they didn't get any rain in the St. John for a couple of weeks, so the snow melted, it all ran off, and then the water was super low. Other rivers that we were on this year maintained very high water levels you know, all summer. It was very a very weird year weather-wise, and I'm sure anybody out there in podcast land could sort of uh, commiserate with that. I think globally, the weather's getting a little bit wonky. So again, next year, we're going to leave that spring semester in May and try to take advantage of the high water mark and... In a future podcast, we're going to talk about some of the changes we're going to make to the canoe expedition semester in 2024. But this morning, uh, we're just talking about how the experiments worked out. One of the other nice things about May around here is almost the entire month of May, we usually have bug free. When we start, it's almost late winter, like late April here is sort of like late winter. Uh, but it's nice, you know, the days are long, the snow is melting, but it's definitely not warm. So one of the other things that we sort of fought against on the canoe expedition semester this year because it never really warmed up until the middle of June this year so we weren't able to get people into the water for canoe rescues and stuff because it was a you know a hypothermia thing a couple of people did swim you know I swam a few times on the uh on the canoe expedition but it was just kind of cold so we figured We'll give it one more shot next year, and then maybe we'll go back to doing the canoe expedition in the summer when we can be in and out of the water quite a bit better. So yeah, those were the two big... Well, I guess there's one other. I had the flip side of moving the canoe semester to May was we moved the spring semester to the summertime. And that was a huge, huge success. We ended up getting several more college students uh, on the semester than we usually get because it didn't conflict with their academic schedules. Uh, we had a great group. We had uh, lots of fun, lots of growth, and and it was, uh, I'd say, a huge success. So the big challenge we had going through the summer was, uh, again, Mother Nature <laughs> throwing the monkey wrench into the plans. Number one, it rained a lot. Like, it it rained all the time through the summer here. The Aroostook River never got its usual summer low water. It just stayed super high the entire the entire time. And as a result of that, the bugs were pretty horrific this year. Yeah, just rugged right up until it started frosting early October. And one of these years, I'm going to write an article about the many, many seasons of biting flies in northern Maine. Right? Because it's just, uh, they don't all come out at once and they all seem to have their little niches. So you start in the spring, in the early spring, and usually we get a few mosquitoes, but they're not bad. And then the black flies come out. And depending on where you're camping, if you're camping near clear, fast-running water, they can be absolutely brutal. And the thing about black flies is they land on you and then they climb up like under your garments to bite you. So they won't always bite you like at your 
ankles, say, if you're wearing long pants, they'll land, climb up inside your pant leg and bite you up somewhere up above. So, uh, you know, the tricks for keeping them away, you know, tuck your pants into your socks and stuff. Then after the black flies have their say, then the mosquitoes come out, you know, really hardcore. And we're just thankful up here. The mosquitoes don't carry any bad, like tropical diseases, uh, and also that they're pretty dumb and pretty easy to, to take care of. So the way that we take care of mosquitoes when they're real bad, smudge pots, which become your best friend if you're ever out here in the north woods when the, when the bugs are real bad. Uh, smudge pots like an old coffee can with a bunch of holes poked in it. So basically you carry a smoky fire around with you. But smudge pots and physical barriers. So covering up long pants, long sleeves, a big wide brimmed hat. Uh, things like that. And then after those guys come out, then we start to get the, uh, the deer flies and the horse flies. And these are big insects. And when they bite you, they take like, it feels like half a pound of flesh out of you. And they can be pretty, pretty bad. They were pretty bad this year. I wear this big wide brimmed hat. And when they're bad, like I'm walking around and I'm just hearing these things just flying into the hat, the crown of the hat, just wham, wham, wham. They're, it's like they're just throwing themselves at it, trying to, trying to break through. So it, yeah, not, not super relaxing when those things are really bad. And then this year was sort of an outlier, uh, from my experience in Northern Maine is that the little no the little midges, sometimes they're called, they were really bad. They were the worst I've ever seen them. And they lasted right up until the beginning of October. So it very sort of out of out of character for the land here to have those things be so bad so late and of all these flies they're the only ones that i personally get a reaction to it's always interesting people who don't have a lot of experience dealing with bugs will usually have a reaction to one of them so some people get really bad welts from black flies other people get tore up by the mosquitoes my body tends to do pretty well with both of those but when the little noceums are real bad I get welts, I get uh, just chewed up, and every now and then I get bit so much that level of the poison that they put into my body gets a little too high, I get lightheaded, so I got to sit down and drink a bunch of water and flush all that stuff out. But it's always interesting to see what the, uh, what the reaction people have to the different bugs. So those were our three big experiments this year. Again, the XI and the canoe semester, yeah, worked out okay. Probably the XI, not so great with the amount of people that finished. And then the canoe semester was was good. We had high water. We had everything. It was just cold and hard to get people to embrace getting in the water when it's cold like that. But we did have high water, uh, even though we had to redirect away from the St. John River. Something else we had this year that I just wanted to comment on was a lot of trips to the hospital. We had a lot of trips to the emergency room. We had people, a couple of people this year, they drove across country to get here. And just that drive of coming across country just physically beat them up so badly that they weren't able to really participate a ton on the course on the more physical side of things um, just because they arrived and had to start going to like physical therapy things like that so if you're ever coming out here to the field school you know number one we're a long ways from anywhere so there's probably a significant driving component involved but number two you know realize that long drives day after day they don't play nice often with people's bodies and uh you know it can beat you up pretty good so I think it's not a great idea to 
leave the West Coast two days, three days before the course and try to do three 18-hour days to get to the East Coast or something like that. Seen it happen, never seen the people happy about it, and have started to see people get more and more physically beat up as a result. A couple other things, just kind of housekeeping, a couple of new field school developments this year is that, uh, number one, we put a wood stove in the Athenaeum to turn that into a four-season teaching area. And, you know, the basement floor there is kind of our workshop, wood shop, and then the classroom upstairs, we have the ability now to uh, keep it super warm, even in the winter. So winter programs will probably start there. Number two, we added a new lower parking lot to the headquarters area up here, which we're going to uh, work on keeping snow free. And that's going to basically be the student parking lot for winter courses and for early spring when we have trouble getting down the road into the field school. So that ended up, you know, kind of interesting. I never knew we had to do this, but had to get a permit from the state in order to put in a culvert, to put in an access because the way the Garfield Road is, is... Uh, the state helps to maintain it. So it was a bit of a production, you know, much more than I thought it would be when we initially uh, thought about adding that. So in addition to the um, new parking lot, the headquarters cleared a bunch of uh, cleared a bunch of brush. A couple of trees came down. So we're building like a, a teaching area at headquarters and a little campsite with a couple of tent sites and spots for if people want to like car camp or stay in their van or something so we're going to have space for that here and lastly in order to make us more off-grid friendly even though the headquarters is on the grid is we got another bison pump for the well up here now if you've ever been to the field school you know that we have awesome water here and the way that we access it is we've got a well in moose vegas we've got a well by the guide shack and sitting on top of the well casing is this thing called a bison pump and they used to be made in holton maine just down the road but now they're made by a company in uh, arkansas i believe anyway this thing is designed to be a deep water hand pump so uh, it can pull up from, you know, 60, 80, 150 feet down. It can pull that water up. So it can also sit right on top of a submersible, a submersible pump. So mo if you live in a modern house and have a well outside, you've got a submersible pump in the bottom of your well that pumps the water up and comes out your faucet. The downside is if you ever get hit by lightning or other reasons why that pump might fail, then you're sort of out of luck and you don't have a good way to access your water. So the way the bison pump works is it'll sit right on top of the well casing that already has a submersible pump down in it. And you can, even if you lose power and you can't make your faucets work, you still have access to your water. So that's what we have at, at HQ now here so that people can come and pump water by hand uh, whenever because it's outside, so it's no big deal. So we've got that going just in order to try to make the field school more sustainable and to give us more options as far as teaching and uh, running running programs. So yeah, that about wraps it up for kind of the what went on here this year in our experiments. And again, there'll be more stuff coming through the podcast for talking about changes we're planning to make for the canoe expedition for next year. Uh, they're not huge, but again, I don't want to get into it right now. We'll get into it later. So the next thing for me 
is uh, I'm going to take the show on the road and go see some family members. Uh, so loading up the loading up the van, turning the the tater raisin van into a little bit of a camper by taking a couple of seats out, and gonna go see my mom in Florida, and then see my kids in Texas, and then be back here for a busy winter season. I'm pretty excited about that. Again, it's. Uh, it's November 20th. We've already had about five snowfalls here. And overnight last night, we got a, not quite an inch of snow, but looking out the window now, it's just beautiful. It looks absolutely perfect. So, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with another podcast before too long. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.